Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and this episode is being produced for Forbes, where I'm a contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing. Today's guest is Scott Christofferson, the producer and director of Peace Officer, a riveting film that exposes the militarization of the police in America. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm really excited that, that you're having me on the show. I'm glad well, to we're, we're thrilled to have you. Give us a quick synopsis of the film, at least tease us as, about what the film is. Yeah, so, so our film uh, really, in a nutshell, follows a, a former sheriff in Utah who, in, a, in essence, confronts the SWAT team that he founded in the 70s. So a former sheriff in Utah founded a, a SWAT team, and then uh, about, you know, in 2008, you know, thir what, 30 years later, 30-plus years later, that same SWAT team killed his son-in-law in, in a standoff, kind of a highly covered standoff in Utah. And so our film follows follows uh, this former sheriff named Doug Lawrence as he explores that case, and then he sees other cases going on in his state, and then he begins to explore those because, you know, all kinds of things have been happening, you know, just in Utah even, uh, that kind of represent the, the, the national issue. Um, you know, we, we've seen th these cases in Utah really are representing they're kind of the microcosm that shows that, hey, it's happening in Utah. Not only is it happening in, in Ferguson or with Eric Garner in New York, but it's also happening in Utah. It's happening everywhere. And I think, you know, we found a really unique character in that he, he's been on both sides, right? He started a SWAT team, and then he also um, saw one of his loved ones get killed by a SWAT team. It is. You, you let me screen this uh, as a preview, and I'm so grateful you did because the film is just, it's just amazing. I actually watched it twice, and it was as riveting and as interesting the second time as the first. I, I just can't wait for more people to see this film. Uh, it premieres at South by Southwest. Tell us a, a little bit about when that is, what that is, and what that means to people because not everyone who's watching is a is a you know a, in the film community may not appreciate what that means and what that is. Yeah, so the, the film is going to premiere at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, um, between March 13th and 21st. And South by Southwest, you know, even on IndieWire, which is you know a, a kind of a prestigious filmmaking um, online magazine, you might say, they ranked uh, South by Southwest as the fourth biggest and most prestigious film festival in the world, behind only, you know, the Cannes Film Festival, Sundance, and Toronto, and then South by Southwest. So so not only are we, we screening our film there, but we're in competition. And if you don't know, being in competition is a big deal. It's, it's, it's a much bigger deal than just screening your film there. It means you'll be up for awards, and there's only a select few that are actually in competition there. So, you know, it's a big deal. There, there's, there's agents, there's distribution companies that come. There's also the interactive and music festival and that, that goes with the, the film festival. So, you know, I kind of like to think of it as like Sundance on steroids because you've got so much stuff going on uh, throughout the whole festival. 
the I mean, this is just a huge, exciting opportunity. You're you're also raising money on crowdfunding through through Kickstarter, and and you got a little recognition there. What, what, what they made you the uh, a staff pick, right? Yeah, so that was exciting. That means that that uh, someone at Kickstarter, someone on their staff, really loved our project, and it's it's a kind of a prestigious thing to get chosen as a Kickstarter staff pick. They also, you know, put us up front on, under new and noteworthy projects. So, kind of the first ones you see when you look at film and video projects. Uh, and so, yeah, that's really exciting. We've had some some success. Really, in just our first week, we've raised. Uh, not quite 20,000, almost 20,000. I think we're at 18.5, and so I think we've got some momentum, and, and it's looking really positive. Yeah, what's your goal for uh, fundraising? So our ultimate goal, kind of to meet our bare minimum needs, is 50,000. Great. So you're already uh, well past a third of the way there now, so really making good progress. Yeah, I think we, we are, we're totally lucky, and, and I think, you know, at the same time, it speaks to to the project, to the timeliness of the issue, and and hopefully speaks to the trailer looking really great. I think our editor did a wonderful job on it. No trailer will ever do justice to this film. That's my opinion, having viewed the film. But the tell us a little bit about how you came upon this project. Where did this come from? Yeah, so that's that's a a, a great question. You know. First, you know, my, my grandfather was an FBI agent for 20 years, and so I've always really respected law enforcement. He was a special agent in charge in Utah. So, you know, I think that's always been in the back of my mind. And then, you know, a lot of things started happening in Utah. And, you know, coincidentally, I was playing in just a, a softball league, and Doug Lawrence, our main character, knew that I was a professor, knew that I taught documentary film, and he approached me and, and said, hey, would you, you know, would you show me how to edit? Would you... you you know, and then after that, I said, well, "Look, there's a story here." You know, Doug had created this really intricate um, kind of police chief's analysis of his his son-in-law's case, and and after that, you know, I realized that this is a story that needs to be told. And then all these other cases happened in Utah um, surrounding him that he began to take interest in. You know, like the there was a raid at at the home of a guy named Matthew David Stewart who was growing marijuana in his basement. And Dub then went and, and, and picked apart that case. Uh, you know, several people or a couple people died as a result of that, that case. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was coincidence and also, I guess, some of my interest in law enforcement as well. You know, it, really the central issue, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but one of the things that the film really highlights is the way that, Police, not just SWAT teams, but but typically it's SWAT-like teams are now executing no-knock warrants routinely in the middle of the night, and it really is a disturbing a disturbing issue because of the way that one would greet naturally a 2 a.m. intruder, whether you are, uh, you know perfectly law-abiding citizen, your, your tendency is going to be to grab a weapon, whether that were uh, a knife or a gun, whatever you have handy, and the police coming through the door at that point, seeing someone armed, again, whether it's a golf club or a machine gun, are going to shoot you. And that really seems like it's troubling. Uh, 
what what did you conclude about this after making the film? Yeah, I think you know a lot, I concluded a lot of things you know in relation to that. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily the expert on the topic, though. You know, after making it, I realized that a lot of the time, police are you know they're following orders. That's one of the things that they have to do, and and sometimes that's out of their control. And so, you know, on, on one hand, I'm sympathetic with them. You know, on the other hand, I feel like you know it's crazy that <laughs> that you would raid raid a home in the middle of the night instead of just waiting. You know, maybe in midday and knock on their door and ask. You know, at, you know, and, and maybe approach it that way. And so I think, you know, overall, what I've realized is that it's more about policy. It's more about uh, problems with policy that that either force or allow um, officers to, to raid homes. You know, we want to protect everyone, both officers and citizens, right? And I think there's a more kind of peaceful way, uh, nonviolent way uh, of doing these things, right? Um, and, and it's especially amongst, uh, you know, nonviolent drug crimes, right? Grow, like in our film, you'll see that it's it's a person growing marijuana and they raid his home. Um, for him, it was the middle of the night. Yeah, it, it, it really is just a gut-wrenching film to watch uh, and just really an amazing story. The, the, the Matt, uh, I always want to call him Matt Shepard. Of course, that's a different story. Matt Stewart is... A really compelling, uh, compelling story. Just uh, really, really amazing. One of the things that I liked about the film, Scott, as I watched this both times, is that you had people who were coming at this that commented on the situation, commented on the militarization of the police from the left and the right. You had uh, the fellow from the Wall, uh, the Washington Post. You had. The ACLU represented, and you had uh, the Libertas Institute, uh, 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 an institute here in Utah that's kind of a libertarian uh, thinking. But so, sort of across the political spectrum, there seemed to be uh, some real consensus around this. Uh, were you cherry picking, or did you find that in fact people that are thinking about this come to the same conclusions? Uh, I don't think we were cherry picking. I, you know, I think that one of the one of the things that we really tried to do throughout the whole film was, you know, have some some objectivity or some balance in in who we chose to talk about the issues. You know, we we wanted to give police officers a voice, and we also wanted to give those those homes who were raided uh, those people a voice. You know, so that we could really kind of create a national dialogue. About this issue, I think that's important to us to to create a dialogue that help helps people learn more, you know. And so we tried to look at, you know, not only did we get the police involved, we got sheriffs, uh, not just not just the police that raided homes, but sheriffs who who are you know helping with policies or you know overseeing these big these big um, entities, right? And and I think we found some really interesting things, you know, on both sides of the story, and you know. Be it um, the Radley Balco, who who writes for the Washington Post and is kind of one of the big national experts on this issue, you know, he he looks at how SWAT rates have increased. I think he says fifteen thousand percent since the nineteen seventies, which is just crazy, right? Uh, and then we look at you know we look at sheriffs uh, who say you know well it's changing, you know we need to arm arm our our officers better so that they can be more protected because 
people have more weapons. So you know, it's a very complex uh, and and interesting national issue that I think obviously everyone's talking about, and hopefully our film will. Um, and you know, I, I feel like it does. I feel like it speaks to that. It speaks to that very important national issue that everyone should be talking about. Yeah. Well, it 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 does seem to be bringing that. Uh, discussion to the forefront, and I, I hope that it will spark more discussion. Scott, tell I want to shift gears just a little bit, but clearly independent filmmaking is uh, not a get-rich-quick scheme. At least it hasn't been for you so far. Uh, this isn't your first film. Right. Why do you do this? Why do you care about telling a story through this medium? You know, that's a great question. I think it's for several reasons. Uh, you know, filmmaking for me started out as a very personal thing. I found, I found that, you know, using the camera, the camera was almost like an excuse to talk about things, you know, even in my own personal life or in my family's personal life that we wouldn't have otherwise talked about, you know. So I think for me it started there. It was a way to talk about things and approach things, you know, behind the camera. Um, so, so there's that, you know. On another note, I, I think... The camera is, is a is a powerful tool, and making a film is a powerful tool to to change the world. You know, whatever on whatever level possible. You know, it might be on very small levels, but it might hopefully with our film be on a, on a really big level, so that so that there is some societal impact, right? So that it's actually changing the discussion. It's maybe even changing policy and helping us all of us, you know, police and citizens become more aware, understand better. Uh, Empathize. I think for me, documentary filmmaking is all about empathy. You know, we need to, to create empathy for each other and, and, and listen and understand others and respect others, no matter who they are, through, through film. And I think that's one of the, the, the many reasons I'm attracted to documentary filmmaking, especially. As you think about the challenges that you face in life, whether it's in filmmaking, your work as a professor, or even as a dad, what... Who do you think of as a role model? Who inspires you to to strive to be your best? Who who inspires me to strive to be my best? Well, you mean professionally or just anybody? Anybody. Okay. You know, I, I guess first uh, professionally, I would say filmmakers like Ross McElwee have been a huge inspiration to me. Um, Professors I've had over the years, both at, at, at Brigham Young University and at San Francisco State University, where I did my MFA, and and also when I went to school at, in uh, in Madison, did a degree in anthropology there. I'd say all of a lot of people like that, you know, professors and educators have really influenced me, um, as well as um, I would say, you know, my my faith and and you know God. Uh, of course, has influenced me uh, in the in the greatest way possible. So, um, I think is that answering your question more or less? Yes, that is that is right on point. It's right on point. Now, Scott, uh, you may not be a household name yet. I <laughs> predict that you will be soon. Uh, you know. People will talk about uh, people like uh, Morgan Spurlock and uh, Michael Moore and Scott Christofferson in the same sentence in, in 12 to 24 months. <clears throat> I want you to think about something you've learned, some tip you would share 
that all of us could use to have more impact. Because everybody who's watching this, that's the one thing we have in common. We want to do more good, have more impact. How would you coach us to do that? To have more impact? Yes. <laughs> well, first let me say, I directed this film with Brad Barber, who, who's a close friend of mine, and, and you know we equally did this together. So you know, I don't know if I'll be a household name, but hopefully we'll be household names together, right? <laughs> He, he, you know, we did this together, so I want to make sure I point that out. Um, and, you know, as far as impact goes, you know, I would say do things that you're passionate about, that 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 you're good at, right? Um, you know, I learned from my father that um, uh, doing something that you're passionate about affects your happiness, affects your livelihood, affects who you are as a person, and, and so I think. You know, learning from him, I realized that this is something I was passionate about, and and you know, then then I've always kind of had, I guess, I'm not perfect, but but altruistic ideas, and and wanted to help others, and feel like, you know, that's really the the important meaning of life is to help others and and improve others' lives, and so I guess the way that I do that is hopefully through making films like this. Uh, among other things, of course, you know, being a dad, helping anybody I can in any way possible, being an educator. But I would say, you know, find something you're passionate about and and, and go for it. You know, don't be scared. Take a risk. Uh, you know, sometimes that's easy for me to say. You know, I'm I'm generally anxious, but uh, I feel like, you know, taking this risk um, was hard. This past two and a half years making this movie was the hardest time of my life. By far, and and hopefully, and now I'm just seeing some kind of societal benefits, and and you know, as soon as it screens at South by, hopefully, we'll get more press. Right? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Scott, we really thank you for taking the time to be with us today, and wish you every success. Before you go, tell people how they can find that Kickstarter campaign and contribute to your uh, fundraising. So our, our Kickstarter campaign, our film is called Peace Officer, so if you go to kickstarter.com and look up uh, film and video projects and type in Peace Officer, you can find our Kickstarter project there. Um, or if you want to look up look it up under just film and video projects, uh, it should be there as well under new and noteworthy and, and staff picks. Uh, so, yeah, please, you know, by all means... We need, we need more funds to get this film out there and really get as many people as possible to see it. Fantastic. Scott, thank you very, very much for being with us today. We Again, we wish you every, every success. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devinthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devin hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, 
impact investing and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.